Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's edition of the Chapter by Chapter podcast. I am your host, Will Cowan. With me is my good friend and co-host, Steve. Hey, everybody. Doing a special episode today. We are reviewing episode two of the Wheel of Time series, kind of the kind of for uh, kind of for reasons that I don't really want to get into, but mostly for, because what <laughs> for reasons? Well, for reasons. we're doing a review of episode, of episode two of the Wheel of Time because episode two of the Wheel of Time is a thing that has happened. It is a television show it that has aired, and we've only done a review for episode one of the Wheel of Time. So, Will, this is why we're doing episode two. Okay. Well, I was also like, look, it's also not, this is, this episode is definitely not to kind of like prolong the time I need to put out episode, uh, season, season four, but yeah, uh, it's no, definitely not. It's content. And this is all it's this whole thing that. for two years. Will's been planning to coincide the show with the release our to coincide our show with the release of the wheel of time show. And yep. now that it's here, Oh boy. Fail miserable. That ball's being dropped by someone. And I'll tell you who's Ooh. not dropping it. Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace, Kobe. because he had a horrible accident. <laughs> He's not holding any balls. It's a real. It's a. Uh, it's just real. It's I didn't just, mean to take it real. dark. It's a very, yeah. It, yeah, it was a little real. I'm sorry. I laugh. If anybody took any. Yeah, you're to that. the fucking asshole. There, you're the hey, one. I mean, a good a good dark joke is a good dark joke, man. You can't expect me not to laugh at a dark joke. I love you know, a good isn't dark it? Joke. It's like a dark friend. You know, a, oh. a dark a friend who tells too many dark jokes. Dark friend. Now, ah. do you got to kill him? Yes. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you kind of do. All right, we are getting into <laughs> episode two of of the Wheel of Time show. This show is starting to ramp up. Overall opinions, I want to start off with, like, this show, uh, this episode shows me that there's a lot of potential here. Like, at first, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, we're just kind of, like, staying in the world of uh, of the Wheel of Time. You're changing some things here and there. We get a little steamy, not too steamy. You got a little lamp. There some. They took some baths. The baths they were took, steamy, literally. The, yeah, Mo- baths were steamy. Yep. Maureen used a steam spell. Yep. Hot That's bath. a big part of the book. You know, for non-book <laughs> readers out there, yeah. steam taking, spell. Taking an appropriately warmed soak. Very important. I enjoyed the hell out of this episode. Uh, I didn't watch it again since our uh, watch-along episode that we did uh, on our Patreon. So if yes. you guys haven't checked out our Patreon yet... You want our like play-by-play reactions of what's happening on screen? Go join our Patreon for three bucks. You can listen yep, to three that. bucks. That's Put all. It that's, that's it. And there's also a whole back catalog of lots of other fun episodes that we've been doing every weekend, and we will still yeah. do them every weekend because we don't ever stop. We never stop. Really enjoyed this episode. Uh, lots of action. Lots of cool, like conversational pieces, and some really good acting. So the first thing I want to talk about, what is it? Is is uh is like kind of like the sense got? of chase that we've got mm. going on in this episode because in the book you don't get the same sort of. No, uh, they don't feel as chase. Like the Trollocs are hot on their heels now. This is like um, this is like Battlestar Galactica. Yes. This is exactly like Battlestar Galactica. Absolutely. Where the Cylons are chasing them on their heels, they get you. And then you got to warp speed. You got to jump. Yep. To anywhere. So it's not exactly up. like that, but it's pretty close. I mean, instead of warp speeding, they just run really fast on their horse. They're horse speeding. Yeah. And Lan is kind of like Edward James almost, right? Land is like Starbuck. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I like this. I can keep going. Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, it's a sense of like momentum here that you don't really get from the book at all. 
but I really enjoy it. It really kind of like adds the stakes and the scene that really puts the punctuation mark on how close the Trollocs are is the scene when they get to Tarn Ferry and they see the old man. Uh, yes. I can't remember that guy's, guy's name from the book or even from the show. I think his name man. is Jim the Ferryman. Love it. And Jim the Ferryman in this in, in the show, it's just like Tarn Ferry. Is that really what Tarn Ferry is? A shack? And a ferry? Uh, Tarn Ferry, I always believed, was like a town. Like, I thought it was, it was a like town. A, yeah, like a whole thing. But this, they just like, they look like they just reduced it down to just like, it's this guy in a shack and he has a, a he has a ferry. He's a ferry. He's got a little, he, you know, he charges the toll, right? Toll yeah. booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Troll toll. It looks like you can get across that thing in about seven minutes. Yeah, no Doesn't problem too whatsoever. Long. Maybe even in less the, than that. In the book, it makes it look like it takes like at least a little while. Maybe not to cross the river, but maybe they to like go down the river a little bit, then go and then reach another cross, like another point at the end of the river where you cross over that sort of thing. You know? What yeah, you mean? it just, just book wise, it didn't seem like the tro- I mean, the trollocs they weren't they weren't just like right there because yes. here's the thing. If they started that in the show, if they started the ferry, if they fired that ferry up, two minutes later they're all dead. All dead because like aren't they? They're on Probably the ferry. Probably less than that. They're on the ferry, or like they just cross the river when they turn around and they see a whole army of trollocs just standing there. Yeah, no, they're on. They're on the ferry. They're on the ferry, and they're just like looking at them. Don't trollocs like have like projectile weapons? You know, wouldn't like a, a crew of <laughs> think there wasn't like, a there's not a single one. No one knows how to uh, work a bow and arrow. Want to know why? Opposable thumbs. They don't have them. Nah, they all got little em. bird hands. They got hoofs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not going to work. So they just kind of like, all right. What about rocks? You can throw rocks. Maybe you kick throw rock. rocks. There should be one at least one troll throw a spear that his whole purpose is picking up rocks and putting them in a sack. And yeah, then because that troll that could wreck house a troll with a sack of rocks. Is way more dangerous than a trollic with a with an axe. He, he could do anything with the rocks. He could swing well, them. He's planning he could ahead. Pull them out. He could start throwing them at you. Well, exactly. Well, and like I said, he, like he's planning ahead. He's thinking of the rest of the group. He's not thinking yeah. like I he's want like my a support. kills. He's, he's like got, a support character. Yeah, he's got you know he can hand a rock to his buddy. Say throw this. <laughs> he can do all sorts of fun things, all sorts of tricks with these rocks. He can make a pet rock, right? Oh, those are important. Those are important. They raise morale <laughs> on the team. All of a sudden, everyone's doing it for Little Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm Little Rocky. He just run around with a little pet rock with googly eyes on it. Do it for him. Well, Do eventually, you know, once he gets the name Pet Rocky, he everyone starts more and more characterizing him like Sylvester Stallone. But more importantly, of course, Rocky. We put a little gym shorts on him. Put a little, put a little Rocky haircut. Yep. Put it on top of a staircase. Have yep. him jump. I'm jumping. You know, I don't know how a rock could jump, but you know what I mean. You know what I'm getting at. This kind of leads into my next point is kind of like the sense of brutality that I kind of got from this episode, which is also shared with the opening introduction scene that we get with the white cloak. So in the Tower and Fairy scene, uh, they cross the river, the Trollocs show up, the old man who runs a, who runs a ferry, he's like, what about my family? My son's supposed to be coming back. Like, I, I want to get back to them. Yeah, like, I want to know what, what happens with do? the son. I wish we saw that POV. Because he does tell us, okay, <laughs> like, I can take you across the river, but I got away from me boy. My son will be back right. in like five minutes. He just went down to 7-Eleven to pick up a pack of smokes. Right. And the, Maureen's like, no. 
I actually, no, I hate your son. We got to go. But as we said, if they waited two more minutes, they would have been dead. What happened to the son? If the son truly was back in two minutes, he came walking around the corner. Then just all of a sudden freezes. There's 500 Trollocs in front of him. All standing yeah. at the water. They probably don't see him because they're doing a whole standoff, stare down thing with the heroes on the ferry. Yeah, yeah. So the trollocs Put a are all like record scratching sound effect on top of that, like that, or that like car screeching. <laughs> You're probably wondering how I got here, and then it does a freeze frame, <laughs> and then it tells the whole story of the sun, and it's a prequel. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It put Bobble O'Reilly throughout the entire series. Exactly. Maybe he becomes like a Boom. general of the trollocs. Ah, Maybe he becomes see. a trolloc. Right? It's a story about failing upwards. Especially once he finds out that his father was killed. He goes to Trollocs yes. he says, hey, those guys just killed my dad, my pop, my papa, my papa. Mm-hmm. I, can you, how do we get a beak on me? How do we make this happen? How do I get wings? And then he becomes uh, uh, an experimented human Trolloc hybrid, and then he becomes a general, right? He's got a sack of rocks. He's got two guys that carry rocks for him. Sure. I, well, okay. I think I think uh, we're we're overestimating the ingenuity of the Trollocs. I think it'd be just kind of like tarring feathers on him. I don't know. And then like a little plastic. Beak I don't know. Or like a made of tree bark or something like that. And he just runs around going. Aah! Same thing. So tell him he's a general. It's the same thing, really. <laughs> it's potato tomato. But when uh, they see they see that they see the Trollocs and the guys like I want to go back and see my son. Moraine's like fuck you. I am destroying the fairy because we don't want the Trollocs going after us. She does this whirlpool spell, uh, makes it happen. Tar- the fairy goes underneath the thing. First thing the old man does. Jumps in. Jumps in. And gets it's an odd back. choice for him. I, he's The, the whirlpool is already happening. He can see it. Yeah. But we don't know about him. We don't know about his prequel story. Maybe he's a champion swimmer. And he thought he's he like, would I be able this. to get through it. Spoilers, he wasn't. No, he dies immediately. He he and presumably kind of dies. But again, we we really don't know what unfolds. Maybe the whirlpool dissipates within seconds once they're across, right? And he resurfaces and Trog's leave, and his boy comes out. Papa, save me, boy! And he he rows out on a little little dinghy, gets him back. And now those two, they have a vendetta against Moraine and company, and they become dark friends, forsaken. I think we're working be, on our own show here. I think you should be writing on this show. Yeah, I think you should be. Yeah. Uh, but when uh, Old Man jumps in the river, he dies. And it kind of is like this brutal moment that's that, I like I said, it shares this kind of uh, tone that happens in our opening scene when we see the Children of Light. I can't remember the main that main character that we see, the questioner. Mm-hmm. But he's uh he it, the scene the series the episode opens up and it's a very cool scene. It doesn't exist in the book as far as we know. Maybe it does, but as far as we know, in no, the as far as books, we know, it might be later or in a prequel or maybe it's not at all. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Yeah, maybe this could be its own thing. It feels a little too brutal to be in the books, but I could. I've been wrong before and I will be wrong again. Yeah, it's you of, have. It's you IMO. <laughs> this is kind of what I do. The scene opens up with him. He's got a yellow Isodai tied up to like a pyre and Burning her at uh, the stake, like a witch. And he's waiting at a table and then he gets like a little dish in front of him. Well, a little boy comes dish. in with a silver platter. Yep. And I want to, I want to know where they're, what's going on. What's going on there. Do they just travel with this little boy? Uh, the, is he a the, serving boy? And he's just the that, serving boy. He's the bird serving boy. So much so that the white cloaks need to bring him with them as they're Best traveling the countryside around. and slaughtering women. 
burning them at the stake. Yeah. It's important they, to work, yeah. to not work on an empty stomach, right? Absolutely. So they cook him this de- delicacy. He opens up the dish. And it's this little, like, chicken thing. It's like a little, like, little tiny bird. Yeah, chicken it is del- a chicken delicacy. thing. Not like a McDonald's chicken thing. Like a nugget. Um, it is oh, more of a, delicious. like, little fetus-y looking duck chicken. There's some sauce drizzled on and some herbs. I mean, it's kind of like a nugget. <laughs> it is. It's probably it's probably more bird than the than the nuggets are. Yeah, you know what? Actually, the more I think about it, like my mouth get cuts up, gets cut up by like chicken nuggets as well. I remember like like the the crust can like I have a sense I have a sensitive gum line. Oh I'm wow! Say. My mouth so, has uh, a great time with a chicken nugget. I'll tell you, <laughs> <laughs> ten, twenty of them. This is this yeah, is interesting. This is of... okay. This is a this is a derailing side note that we got. It's important though, Please, because this is where you do it, listeners of the show, longtime listeners will recall we've had conversations before about chicken nuggets and about certain things, specifically things like the McDonald's BTS chicken nugget sauce. Right. right? We um, we go into a deep dive on our promotion. Patreon. If you guys want to check is that, that yeah out. that might be on our Patreon. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I think that's a Patreon thing. But so for anyone not on the Patreon, we and unfamiliar with that McDonald's, at least here in Canada, I believe they did it in the in the in the states as well. I don't yeah. know where else they did it. Probably Korea because it's BTS. But they did a, a thing with the K-pop band BTS at McDonald's where you could get BTS like handpicked, yeah, their favorite dipping sauces, <laughs> and then I guess you go get them and you dip your your nuggets in them and you go wow. I feel just like um, whatever a those guys' names K-pop are. Band. B- BTS. Like... So I was at Tim Hortons, right? I was at Tim Hortons Oh, this afternoon. Do you yes. know where I'm going? And yes, they have something called – so Tim Hortons is famous for the little donuts, the little circular donuts called Timbits, right? Yep. But yep. now they're called um, – fuck, what are they called? Beebits? Tim Beebs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah, called Tim Beebs, right? Something Justin like that. Bieber. It's a Bieber mashup, bits. and Wait. they're they're Bieber bits. They're called Tim Biebs. That's what it is. <laughs> and I saw them today, and it's I guess Tim Justin Bieber's favorite Tim bits, a sort of pack. And what is this trend of musicians picking their favorite like sauce? And, and this is another one. I was at Popeyes, Popeyes Chicken, really. And Me- Megan the Stallion, right, had a dipping sauce. No way. So and are I they was, getting involved with the making of like the the dipping sauce or like the the t- the I, timbits? I, like, I like... don't think so. I think it's just they say, yeah, this is my favorite dipping sauce. Now pay me, you know, five hundred thousand dollars, and you can tell everyone that it's my favorite dipping sauce and put my name on. Why can't they do that for me? I, that's, that's the long term game for us, <laughs> right? I don't know. It's very interesting, and it it keeps happening. The Tim Beebs. That one threw me through a loop because that's well, not just sauce. That's that's a, that, there's so many layers to unpack there because Tim Hortons is almost exclusively Canadian. I think there's a few locations in the you know north what? end I, of the I United don't think States. it is. I think there's more than you think in, in the in the states these days. Really? I, I think okay. there's more than you think. I think they've begun rapid expansion over the past ten or so years. You have a they have a lot of room to kind of cover to catch up with Starbucks as far as like. It's a, it's, and but that's two, that's goes. two different demographics. It's true. Right? No matter what Tim, you get the crossover of coffee drinkers, I'll go to either either or. Sure, sure, sure. But sure. a lot of people go to Starbucks to get like um, a fun a fun tasty drink with whipped cream on it and you're going to pay like $8 for it. 
You can't like get that at Tim Hortons. At the same time, you can go to Tim Hortons to get a club sandwich, right? Turkey club. You can't get that at Well, at you, Tim Hortons Starbucks. like a blue collary. Tim Hortons like a blue collar type That's one establishment. You know, you show up, you no get collar your fucking even. double double. Yeah, yep. no collar. I've been there with no collar or pants. <laughs> I have, yeah, I've seen people, <laughs> many of them with no pants. <laughs> Anyways, it's interesting. We all, listeners, if you know any more of these weird mashups with sauces and things, you have to let me know because I have to try them. Yeah. But keep an eye out. I find it very interesting. Right. So the questioner has a new uh, nugget coming out, uh, new sauce. You can check (laughs) that out. This is where I'm getting at. Wheel of Time, questioner sauce. (laughs) Right? With your your nuggets. It's a mystery. It's it's just a sauce with a question mark on it. (laughs) Uh. <laughs> you never know <laughs> tastes uh s- smoky like a smoky burning wood pyre type mm. sacrifice flavor <laughs> okay i wouldn't think sacrifice might have taken it too far but we'll we'll workshop it we'll see i, I don't know i think if you just say sacrifice and you don't say exactly what you're sacrificing it'll entice mm-hmm. people they'll ask you're sacrificing your taste buds right Exactly. Now we're getting the hot sauce zone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, he lights the Aes Sedai on fire, and he takes the uh, the bird, the chicken thing that he uh, that he got, and he puts the it bird in his mouth and eats it. Yeah, bird eats chicken it thing. One bite. Up, and he does this like whole monologue about like, oh, do you know this bird? It's like a delicacy, and you know why it's a delicacy because uh, when you eat it, you have to eat it with the bones and everything because it cuts your mouth. And the blood that in your mouth kind of adds to the flavor. And she's and the other girl on the pyre is like, ah, ah, <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a woman burning to death. <laughs> yeah. And his like mouth is bleeding and stuff like that. And it's just this like sense of brutality that we saw in the first episode and this episode as well that we I, I've never really felt from the book, but I'm kind of digging it. It's adding like a new kind of dimension to the 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 adaptation that they're going for now i know not everybody's going to be like a big fan of it but at least it's a choice they're making a decision here and i'm always a fan. yeah yeah I, i'm always I, a fan i'm of fine it. with it it's especially for a show watcher perspective like the, the second episode showing that there's a threat like this that is this big because in that, if you take that first episode as a whole, you come out of it being well, being like, "Well, I said I are fucking, they run this shit. Like they're un, they're unstoppable. Yeah. There's, there's because Maureen comes in and kills like a hundred Trollocs in that first episode. She takes a spear to the they're shoulder, Beyonce. doesn't lie. She's like Beyonce, right? She's unstoppable, yeah. and oh. she's a survivor. And she pulls that spear out. <laughs> she keeps going. She keeps going. And she's a child of destiny. So going into that second episode, you're kind of like, okay, like what can stop? And I said, I, so immediately starting with a chicken salesman who, you know, is wisecracking and he's doing all his, his mean, his little, his whatever. I don't know what he's doing. His chicken game, right? He's playing chicken game. He's playing the chicken game. So it's, it's like, a long, complex game. It's kind of like Dune. It's, no, it's kind of like squid game. It's kind of like with squid a chicken. Game. <laughs> and, uh, it immediately sets up, this threat and we see an eye with her hand cut off so and her hand just sitting on the stump there with yeah, the rings on about the hand yeah yeah so he's, he's like cut, playing with her hand he's like playing with her hand yeah and and well they because they keep they make a point of him they make a point of showing him with the hand and the ring on the hand still to really say like 
this is sort of, we take their hands, they can't channel the power and stuff, which I don't know, but I guess. Then, uh, and burning her at the stake and everything, so immediately showing that, hey, they 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 aren't. They aren't invincible, but then also in this episode, Maureen bumps in them, and she's like, don't even worry about it. I'm, uh, my name's not Maureen, it's Susan. I gotta go. <laughs> and it works. <laughs> That's a that's the next scene I kind of want to talk about because it's like that seems interesting because I I haven't seen it since we watched the on the on the watch along episode but it's it really is following those like eyes to die tenants like you can't speak a word that's untrue you can't like purposely kill anybody using yes, the one but power but you can sort of shim sham your way around all that stuff you can and manipulate find loopholes. Yeah, any loophole. I you said want. I love loopholes. We they're learned. built on loopholes. Yeah, and that whole conversation that they're having with the uh, the the uh, white cloaks when they run into when when they run into him, which by the way, like that's a great scene, like it well, is. in 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 a bunch of different ways. Like, it is. First it of is. all, we get that like uh, question that white cloaks leader guy who's got the amazing hair and beard. They all have amazing hair and beard, but he he really has got it tuned in. You know what? I think it's that boy. It's the chicken boy, the serving boy. He's cutting the hair too. You might be on some. You might be on some. Someone's cutting that hair, and they got to be cutting that. All of the white cloaks look so fresh. Those haircuts that someone drop a dirt on them anywhere. It's not a drop of dirt, but the haircuts specifically. Someone is keeping. It's like they all got cut that day. Yes, they all have perfect fades, right? And they have pomade in their hair. That's another interesting thing. So I want to know where they're getting their hair product, who's providing it, who's styling all of it. The boy, the the boy, the serving boy, is a good lead. It's the best we got to go on so far. Yep. So yeah, so like that scene, so that scene kind of sets up like the uh, the white cloaks sort of motivations. They're ch- they're kind of like hunting Trollocs, but they're also like looking for Aes Sedai, of course. But it really kind of lends into that questioner guy that we saw in the first scene. Where he is just creepo, like, 9,000. He's, like, touching Moraine. He's, like, yeah. I want to examine you. Land's, like, get your hands off her. And he's, yeah, like, he I'll is. put my hands where I want, bitch. And he does say that. It, it's, <laughs> it's in the show. Yeah. But ultimately, Moraine is, like, don't worry about it. And they sort of scurry on by. Yeah. And it's through all of these, like, loopholes. Like, we were saying that she's, like, oh, we were coming from we were coming from Emmons Field. Like, she didn't say that they're from or she's from Emmons Field. They were, like, we're coming from Emmons Field. I don't even and know the if they said Emmons Field. They might have just said to the West. Yes. That's yes, that's true. They were saying we're coming to the West. And yeah, they uh, might have they... said where they're coming from. But they they did say to the West and that the Trollocs were there was a Trolloc attack. Yeah, and they like say to themselves like Trolloc, a Trolloc attack this far, this far south. I can't believe it. And then Moraine something says says something along the lines of like South, you just see west of us. It's yeah. Something like I mean, that. It, this is <laughs> the thing is, is it it is a good scene, but it also has its implications because if the White Cloaks are a group of people hunting Aes Sedai, right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they have a position called questioner literally called questioner of a person whose whole purpose is to question people who may be an Aes Sedai who they may have concern about and they come across a group of uh seven people or six people most are children or or Mm -hmm. adolescents young adolescents young adults and we have a woman in a blue dress and a man Accompanying her, armed to the teeth, and clearly a soldier of some sort. 
Yes. Now, these questioners, I'm sure, know that I said I all travel with a warder. I'm sure he knows that I said I all wear a single color dress. That is the biggest plot hole, I think. It is a lot <laughs> for them to let them pass. Yeah. In terms of the plot and showing us, like, and showing it all to us and explaining it to us, I get it. Because we can't have that scene and then have that scene erupt into a huge a huge fight and it, it just wouldn't work. Right. And at the same time, you can't have them just kill all of our heroes. But it is odd. This questioner must be the worst questioner that the White Cloaks have. Or he knows and he's doing a long-term thing. Because he does say before he parts away is, I won't forget your face or I've learned some new faces today or something like that. Something like that, exactly, yeah. So I, I think he's playing some sort of long, long-term long game. He's, he's, he's like, a chess player. Yeah, because he's like, behind the scenes, he's talking to the serving boy, and he's like, look, we can't do any, we can't k- kill any of them today. We don't have any more of the chickens. I need you to go yeah. out, and you need to get me at least, I want five of the chicken fetuses so we can get at least five five eyes to tie. We have to have those yeah. ready. I can't do it without yeah. the chicken bit. I need the chicken bit. <laughs> and get the pomade, too. What are you doing? While you're out well, there, he doesn't use pick up pomade. Some pomade. He doesn't. Well, use no, pomade. but he's thinking about the rest of the group. You know? I don't know if he is. It's a troop he, thing. He doesn't seem that questioner does not seem to really care about the rest of the group because even That's when true. they part ways, yeah, and, right. and the group says, "Well, we'll go west to get to where those Trollocs were, were reported." He says, "Well, <laughs> listen, you guys were made for battle. I was not. I'm going to go that way." But he is you guys wearing were made the for battle. These boots were made for, for walking. Walking. <laughs> but he is wearing the exact same clothes and armor and weapons as all of them. I just find that interesting, and so yeah. much so where he's going to leave them all together with no protection. But yes. you'd assume that he can protect himself. Thus, he doesn't give a fuck about the rest of the white cloaks, and he wouldn't want to serve them any chicken, or get them pomade, or care about their hair at all. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you're making a good argument that this guy's a real big piece of shit. He's the biggest piece of shit on the show, probably, <laughs> aside from <laughs> yeah, Matt. So, so, so far, actually, no. Matt is probably my, my favorite character on the Matt show. Matt is so everyone's far. favorite character, and it's that's probably why Barney Harris quit the show because he was he probably did it, and he was like, you know what? I I'm fucking right now. I nailed this, and <laughs> I'm out. You know, quit while you're ahead. Everyone's Mike gonna dropped. want more. I'm not giving it to him. I'll give it to him yeah. in a movie or something. Fuck I gotta this. say, like I'm, I'd le- I want to segue to that because yeah, Barney is is really crushing as Matt, and it is kind of sad to know like this so so far in the series or so ahead of the whole series that he's quitting after the first season. They've already replaced him. I, I like this portrayal. I like this kind of like he's he's still Matt, like he's kind of a trickster gambler type, but he's way more tragic than he, he is. Yeah, the book is. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's he's less of a butthole as well. Yeah, less of a butthole. I mean, he's got like uh he's got kind of trust issues, I think. Was there a scene where him he was kind of like yelling at Moraine or Rand or something like that? Maybe I'm making that up in my head. Well, Rand was yelling at Moraine. Rand was yelling at Moraine. This is prior to the um to the uh white cloak scene where they all meet them. So before that, they like stopped to rest. They're like hanging out. They're eating some bread. They're having some cheese. They're oh, yeah. uh, they're they healing eat, the horses. Of course, they eat too much of it. They eat too much of it. And uh, you know, Rand gets into this thing about you know you killed that guy out on on the boat on the ferry, and like how dare you? Like th- how am I supposed to trust you, Moraine? I don't think that's you know, Rand. I think that's Egwene. 
Egwene says that too, but also Rand has like a has a bit where he just like I don't trust you. I don't trust anybody. Yeah. And he says, "You're I know what you you're taking us all to the White Tower. I understand what's at the White Tower for women. What is there for men aside right. from madness?" Right, 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 right. So this I'll tell you whole what scene kind of fruit, oh. crackers, cheeses, um, very good. Uh, hygiene facilities, hygienic. They have working very showers. Very clean. And uh, they have a chocolate fountain. They have a chocolate fountain, like a golden corral. And That's you can go take a dip. You can dip something in don't there. Don't go in and... it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't go in it. Just eat it. <laughs> Just eat it. Yeah. It's Put some bread in there. It's like a fondue. <laughs> uh, that scene, kind of them resting, healing the horses, eating bread and cheese, culminates in two different things. One is Egwene having a conversation with Moraine the Forest, like we were just saying. First, Egwene kind of blames Moraine for being untruthful, but then Egwene's like, look, man. She called her E-blame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Egwene is like, you got the, or Moraine is like, you've got the touch, yo. Show me show me your palms. <laughs> she does, I think that's word for word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once touch, she says, she goes over the whole, so you were going to be trained as a wisdom, man. What is it that yeah. you, you wisdoms do? And she's like, oh, we listen to the wind. And she's like, yeah, that's just a dumb name. Like, you've just come up with, like, I hate to break it to you, but you actually have no idea even what you're even talking about. But uh, you can channel. It's called channeling. It's not, yeah. has nothing to do with the wind. But, uh, you know, you're figuring it out either way. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got, like, and there's, like, three basic rules. You don't really, like, you kind of have to follow them, but there's a lot of loopholes. Like, first rule, don't talk about Fight Club. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about Standard it. Standard rule. Standard, you know, uh, second rule. Don't talk second about rule. channeling. <laughs> yeah, don't go channeling. Third rule, rules four, five, six, seven, and eight count as one rule. <laughs> so there's only three rules. <laughs> so what are the rules uh, between Fourth four, rule, don't lie. Uh, fifth rule, don't hurt anyone unless you know you can find a way to justify it, I guess. Uh, sixth rule is always don't go put the chasing robber walls, waterfalls. Yeah, don't yeah, Except don't go Robin chasing <laughs> waterfalls. Next rule is don't go chasing waterfalls, and last rule is always put the seat down. Always put the seat down. <laughs> you can't assume who's going to be using it next. You prick. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know. What if I like Especially in the down? White Tower. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of sit <laughs> sit downers in that tower. Yeah, so uh, there's this scene that kind of leads into her going, like, you got the touch, and they do that little stone scene that we saw in the book where, uh, you know, she lights the stone twice, and I think the third time, Egwene's able to do it by herself. And Maureen's like, look, I helped you for the first two times, but that third time, it's all you, baby. So you got that, hmm, you got that power, yo. We can train that. We can mold it. We can turn you into a, like a motherfucker, man. It's going to be cool. (laughs) Yeah, wow. Yeah, we can turn you into a motherfucker. And but I'm, she, I'm remembering a different show at this point. I think, yeah, I, think, think I, I think I was watching at WWE or something. Ooh. Well, the point is, is that she showcases to she she showcases to Egwene. Even you know, even if you are trying to deny me, here's proof. You right. you've got what it takes. Yeah, you yeah, big shot. Absolutely. But I think a thing that the show is doing, and again. To preface, I've watched the I've watched these episodes, all four of them, so many times. At this point, I've lost track. I just watch them all the time. Right. I put them on and I go to sleep. I'm watching them. And <laughs> Will is he's still only watching his first two. Yeah. But still throughout first these two. first four episodes, there sure is a lot of 
who is a dragon reborn. And the show is giving us lots of reasons to think that it is going in different directions. You have mm-hmm. Gwen, uh showing that she she can indeed channel and being able to do these abilities. You have Perrin with the wolf business. You have uh, Rand, of course, who there isn't a lot of business because we're staying away from that. Well, and- the big scene that Rand has that kind of like suspects him, I think everybody has the dream though, but we see it through Rand's perspective, is the dream of Balzaman. We get our first look of Balzaman. Mm-hmm. And he looks like... Following the bread and cheese that they all ate, because yes, we know exactly. that nutrition is a big part of these awful nightmares, nightmares dreams. Yep. Uh, you can't eat cheese that close to bedtime. Unless, of it's course, you do it every night like I do. And then you adjust and you're acclimated to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you're just used to the bad dreams, no matter how bad they get. They're just regular dreams. They're just normal dreams, man. So no. our first look of Balzaman is uh, not much of a look. Like we obviously they haven't cast who they kind of looks like Ghost Rider. Looks like Ghost Rider. Looks kind of like Rorschach. It looks kind of like. Uh, yep. Did you ever see this movie called Franklin? Uh, Franklin with the turtle? No, no. Actually, uh, <laughs> you know he's up to something. But it's called <laughs> Franklin, and it's starting. It's starring um, Ryan Felipe. I think it's like a Canadian sort of like goth thriller movie i'm gonna look up a image right now i'm gonna send it to you so it's okay. basically like a tim burton hitman movie but it's not directed it, by tim burton. but it's not by tim burton and it's not about hitman and it's not about hitman but it's pretty much he's a hitman in this like steampunk world and uh it's it's weird like i'm gonna show you the costume right now if you guys have the internet available to you like you are like you're listening to this on your phone or something Go up online, Google Franklin, F-R-A-K-L-Y-N. It's this spooky kind of gothic movie that came out, I think, in 2007, 2008. That's a movie? It's a movie. It's really bizarre. I don't remember liking it too much, but I really like the look of it. It's like a weird steampunk movie. I guess, yeah. Basilon kind of looks like that, but he's not wearing a steampunk. Like It looks like he's wearing like a vampire's count jacket or something like that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than this guy's head, the picture you sent me, other than his head, he looks like a vampire body. I mean, we didn't really get a good good look at Basilon's body, didn't we? No. No. It was very... There wasn't much body at all. It was very skinny... And kind of look like Jared I saw Leto, like a like a vampire cloak in there, or Jared okay. Leto. Cloak. I'm gonna have to rewatch. Keep an eye on that. Jared Leto I might be. I don't know. There's that, been a couple right? in the in the four episodes. There are things that are blurring together for me because there's been a couple of those dreams where Basilmon just comes out and sort of shoots fire out of his eyes, and then he's gone. Right. Yeah. Uh. Now I'm thinking like maybe maybe Jared Leto is a good Basilmon. Maybe that's the guy we hire. <clears throat> I think you could do it, He'll at least the with a body three. double. It's an expensive I'm, body double, but we can I CGI mean, the head in. The head can really just be a pumpkin. Just <laughs> ja- this is a jack-o'-lantern. It's true. Yeah. Right? Well, like, honestly, like, if uh, Jared Leto is desperate enough to accept Morbius money... Uh, oh, hey you're really hey-o. coming after him in this whole Morbius thing. What if he loved Morbius ever since he was a little boy? I'm sure he did He didn't. might, and he might have. He might have. He did I mean, make that 30 weird, Seconds right? of Mars. Yeah, yeah, and that is kind of like Morbius the band. It is exactly like Morbius the band. <laughs> is that movie? Has that come out? Does I think anyone it's supposed care? to come out soon? 
I think uh, nobody cares. I think what will determine that movie's success is the success of Spider-Man No Way Home. Because that's supposed to be the whole culmination. There's always of the a way Spider home. You should take the take the bus. I mean, he's in New York. The transit there, you know, he should Fantastic. be the subway. Just take a cab, really, an Uber. You but know where you're going? The you I mean, anywhere. hey, the the leaks and the things people know about that movie. They say it's going to be a spicy meatball. Apparently, tickets are sold out everywhere. I didn't even go looking for them. Like, who even cares? Like, yeah, why would shot. I go looking for them? Because I don't care. Like I, it's not even that I don't care about the movie. It's just like. Why am I going to go to a movie on opening night? What are you even talking about? What year is this? Yeah. It was like always the well, we worst experience ever. That was a pretty good experience. But it's it's dicey, right? You're playing with dice. A Dune on the well, opening Dune night was, was yeah. safe because a lot of people didn't know what the fuck it was. Exactly. We were the only ones, like our group that we went with, were the only ones that kind of had it like a, a an, an inkling of what Dune was, I think, in the theater. And it we wasn't were like a very packed theater. It wasn't, wasn't a very packed theater. So but it was I, packed I mean, enough. Like Spider-Man, there's, everyone's in there. I don't know. It's fine. I'll just watch it. At, I'll just watch it. How about that? We'll just watch it when we watch it. Look, we'll, we'll watch it together. We'll do we'll do a watch along. Uh, sure. I can't commit to that. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so we got our first look at uh, 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 Balsamon, but like that whole like hanging out with each other scene kind of culminates in this argument that they all have in the woods where they're kind of like pointing fingers at each other, but also Egwene and Rand kind of reconcile their relationship because Egwene was become going to become a wisdom, but now it doesn't look like that. Then we get into the uh, White Cloak scene, and then immediately after that, we are diving into the big old, like, basically, the there's like a Sing for Manetherin part. Oh, yeah, they have a song. Or ma- like a song. Yeah, matches goes in and starts they're all just sort of it's a good song trotting down the road on the horses and it's yeah. a a lull in conversation no one's really talking and then matt just starts to belt in with this manetherin ditty the misty mountain core. okay and everyone knows all the words and they just start singing in and rand's patting his leg getting the percussion going and then after they finish the song matt's like oh fuck yeah that was sweet and maureen goes, do you guys even know what you were just singing about? To which yeah. Matt is like, no, of course we don't. It's just a song. She's like, I, I worked which at, is a weird thing. I worked say. at HMV and uh <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me tell you. But for them all to know all the lyrics of this song that presumably they all know all the lyrics because they sing it in Emmons Field in their village. They've heard it a zillion times growing up. Drink, they've never seemed to ask song. anyone what it's about. It's not a drinking song. It's very somber. Yeah, drinking. Yeah. What are you singing when you're drinking? <laughs> I like to sing Chumba Wumba. I get knocked down, good, and then I get yeah, up again. That's a good right? drinking song. Yeah, Mine's uh, Hallelujah, Leonard Cohen. And I cry for hours. Different strokes, right? <laughs> sure. But yeah, there's this like moment here where uh, Moraine is telling them about the whole story about Manetherin. And it's kind of re- it's reminiscent to the story that she tells in chapter 9 or 10 of... Uh, the eye of the world where she spins mm-hmm. her staff above her head and she's like the whole town's like yelling yeah, at her like you fucking d- destroyed our town or something like that you know what i agree she should have just like you know they finish up the song everybody's like nice 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 and then she just starts spinning her fucking staff around and she's like oh, i have a story to tell you um okay it would have made for a good show up. i had lots of visuals uh 
she tells the whole story about uh, the battle, the Trolloc Wards, and how Emmonsfield uh, kind of stood up against the Trollocs, and not a single ground, not an inch of ground was given until it was soaked in blood. That was a great line. All all those things about their homeland to kind of like give context that like the hardiness of the Manetherin and the Emmonsfield people. They're just like just salt the earth, fucking, you know. They're like they're like Megadeth. Yeah, they're like they're. It's like a race of Dave Mustaines. It's like a race of Dave Mustaines. <laughs> Pretty much, Pretty but it is less. you know she. It is this whole thing where the Manetherin are. Yeah, played out the the exposition they give us on Manetherin is yeah, very hardworking, very noble, very honorable yeah. people, fought till their death, sort of got sort of got fucked over. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As almost as if she's telling it to the last remaining Manetherin. Just filling them in on that, but mm, I don't know. Kind of kind of like it's a wheel of time or something. Like it's a one big old Spinning wheel of cheese. Yeah, big. Mm, looks t- mm, tasty. Nom, 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 nom. So uh, there's only a couple more things I want to talk about. I mean, maybe one or two. Uh, one thing I want I want to get your thoughts on is the wolf scene that Perrin has and how yes. it's kind of like executed. And what do you think a non-reader would gather from that? We <laughs> well, touched on it briefly. Yeah, but... that's what I mean because non-readers probably it it could be used as evidence to point towards the dragon. Because exactly. you don't really understand. It's just that the wolves are... There's nothing to really point you in any direction with the wolves. Other than the yeah. wolves seem interested in Perrin and possibly Egwene. Because he's with Egwene as well for a lot of these wolf interactions. Mm. But we do see a wolf come right up to Perrin with his exposed wound. And the wolf gives it a lick. And then immediately he becomes very disinterested and sort of runs off. So it's... Yeah, I don't know what I've I've sort of to some of my friends who've watched the show, I've sort of been fishing a little bit to be like if you, what do you think of the wolf? What do you think like, of that? What do you think yeah. of the wolf stuff? And I haven't really got anything from anyone. I don't think a lot of people are really putting much together. What was going yeah. On. Yeah. But it's also I mean, pretty easy yeah. to just to jump to, well, he's probably like a wolf guy cuz this is fantasy and it's the wolf is coming up and licking his wound. Yeah, yeah, you can you you could do that. Yeah, you could go like, you know, like, what? that's what I would like say. Dogs. If I if I was watching Big it the first dogs. time, I was like, I mean, I think this is how we were in the books. The second a wolf came and started talking to him, we're like, he's a wolf. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost immediately. Yeah, he's a wolf boy. Teen yeah. wolf. He's teen wolf. And then like and then, you know, three seasons of jokes came from that mm-hmm. and we're still going. We're, we're hoping going for five more. Absolutely. At least five. I want to do the whole series. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to book nine. Maybe we, you know what? Maybe that's when we stop. Maybe. Maybe Who that's when what we the become, future holds. Yeah, maybe that's when we stop becoming friends. You well, know? we've already become friends. Stop becoming friends, I'd mean that we're, maybe we're even better friends. Mm, I think we're still in the process. We are. Currently. Well, yeah. I'm a little cold to you. We're recording. I'm hot on you. <laughs> we're hot and you're cold. And you're yes and you're no. So, right? Yeah. That describes I'm, our whole I'm friendship. Lean into new, no, no to you. Yes, that is our friendship. Uh, I say yes, you say no. Yep. I nod, you nod, we nod. Mm. All right. And the last thing <clears throat> that I want to talk about it's the big ending here. We got our boys and our girls hanging oh, yeah. out in Shadar Logoth. And Shadar Logoth is fantastic. They did I mean, a great the look job. Of Lo- look, aesthetic-wise, and the look. Great. Mm. 
<clears throat> Nailed it. I think it looks great. It is very quick to get there. It's very quick. And yes. The whole what is that thing called? The the evil darkness shadow cloud. Mordeth? No, Mordeth is what? Isn't Mordeth a guy? I thought Mordeth Yeah, I thought Mordeth was like the personification of that evil that tainted Shadow Logoth. Is he? Maybe yeah, maybe I've missed that and getting that wrong, but no, I mean, I mean the literal like the the black stuff that comes and like kills the horse that they have to outrun. Yeah, I can't remember what it, uh, I can't remember what it's called. Excuse me, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but uh, you know, let's just call it the the the, it had a name, the abyss. But it's very. I almost feel like we could have done without that in the show, and instead had more death in there, because in the show, whenever there's just like a evil black force that you're outrunning like a shadow it's kind of dumb but mm-hmm. i don't know i guess it worked and it sort of it separates it it's the catalyst that separates our crew our group with yeah. uh Egwene and perrin jumping off a cliff at the again last second if they were two seconds behind they would have turned to turn to dust so milliseconds it was like on their feet on i their think feet. i saw a little like goo goo hand yeah like <laughs> there was a goo hand reaching out for them <laughs> reaching out and he missed it you know, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sad that we didn't get to see Mordeth. I really hope his name is Mordeth. If, uh, if I'm wrong, audience members can correct me, correct us. You can correct Steve too. Steve is actually way more open to being correcting. I get it. sad. Except you know what? So, In this instance, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like to, to have seen Mordeth, but at the same time, uh, I get why they didn't add him it feels like they've it's just like an extra scene to kind of have to explain instead and of another being, like, character there's and there's already been the white cloaks this episode and yes there's a lot and a casting choice and like do you do you get a nobody to do this thing or do you just yeah. do it all do you, do you, but he I, has to come back right and get jared leto to do it he had more death has to come back i mean we haven't seen him yet in the book we, we didn't spoilers that we did did he didn't he fuse with pat and fane Oh, you're right. Yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. But that's before the books even started. It's like when Patton Fane is like hanging hanging around, like going do through his travels. He wasn't always like a dark friend. He was always kind of like, "I'll sell you my wares." Yeah. You know, friend. He's a rascal. And uh, he's a little rascal. And then he went to Shadow Logoth, probably to you know eat eat some G's, fall asleep, take some pictures you know. for his Instagram, probably. Yeah. Yeah. A couple selfies. Yeah. Next thing you know. Dark More death shows More up. Death. You're evil. Yeah. Pays the troll toll. <laughs> got to pay up. <laughs> Sooner or later, we all got to pay up. <clears throat> we all got to pay the troll toll. And I think that's kind of like the catalyst that turns Pat and Fane into one of the main villains that we see in the book series. Spoiler for everybody, but I'll... Yeah, I, you know you can't. Yeah, you already know. <laughs> we don't have to say spoilers. This whole thing is spoilers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Um, I get why they didn't show that. Maybe they can show that in a later point, like uh, when they do Bad and Fane sort of origin story, mm-hmm. where his like his evil man lo- monologue, you know, evil monologuing that a lot of bad guys do. When it's finally revealed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can do a little flashback show that you know he was hanging out with Mordeth and Shadow Logoth. They were eating cheese together. Next thing you know, one thing lends, lends, leads into another. <laughs> Mordeth or <laughs> Bad and Fane is like not in the show at all. It's crazy. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm only two episodes in, and I know you're all the way through it. 
it sucks to hear. I hope he comes back. He'll probably he's got to come back. He just hasn't hasn't popped up again yet. Yeah, maybe he'll show up again at the uh, end of the season. Have we got to Tarvalon yet? Have we seen anything going on in Tarvalon in the show? No. Yeah. No. So like, there's a lot of promo. They spend the. I'll tell you the whole the whole fourth episode is is the low gain happy hour. Oh, I'm down with that. The whole fourth episode is low gain. Does he get Timbits? Does he have a Timbit? He has his own flavor. Yeah, low gain, low yeah. gain bits. Is there a dipping sauce? Tim gains. They're working on the name still. <laughs> yeah, there's a holy dipping sauce. Tim gains. Tim Tim gains. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, I like I said, like I'm a big fan of the Shadow Logoth scene. There's some things that I'm kind of a little bit sad, like Mordeth. Uh, but as far as the feel and the purpose that Shadow Logoth kind of serves in this story. They pulled it off. They separated the they characters. Did. They did. And it was, and yeah, and it was good. And most people, that I haven't heard anyone critique that or say, oh, that, that whole spooky castle place they were in was kind of dumb. I haven't heard anything no. like that. So, Well, the best scene, that the best character development scene that I've that the show has had so far was between Matt and Perrin while they're just kind of like hanging out. Yeah, and with the but dead wife thing. Like, and Matt gives us a, a knife, a blade yeah. that Layla had made for him. And he exactly. he gives it the parents says you know you should probably want this, even though it is likely that all of their blades were either made by her or him. But actually, most of her clothes too. And to take a few steps back to the smithy, all the way back to the smithy pre Layla getting murdered by her husband, is it just the two of them running that place? Do they own it? Is there any Maester Luan? Yeah, because like he's supposed to, he's like an apprentice to the Luan, you know, Luan, and uh, I, maybe, maybe you know what? Maybe this is like their startup, their like husband and wife startup company. You know, well, that's what I was getting to as well. Because if it is their own smithy, that that puts a lot of other implications on things. How did they? How did they get there? They one of them, if not both, must be little little busybody entrepreneurs there taking care of business yeah. and getting things done. It's it seems Somebody like a big had achievement. To have the capital to open the store at least they had their shit way together is all i'm saying yeah so much so that it seems kind of odd that perrin seems to be as lost as he is right now maybe and you know what layla had the capital she was the she was the money maker it does sure seem like that yeah which brings me back to saying most of the blades he started a podcast probably yeah yeah Hmm? yeah most of the blades are probably hers (laughs) he's got a podcast yeah Wolfgang. I mean, that's my life, all right? Kate's making real banks. She's working for marketing agencies. She's making brands left, right, and center. And what I do, I'm doing this. Yeah. I'm sitting here. That's the same with uh, That's the same with my partner. Yeah. The Luke? You know, they've got a lot of names. <laughs> <laughs> Anything. Mordeth? Yeah, Mordeth. Sounds like you're with a Mordeth. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I'm watching G4 TV, the relaunch. Have you... You don't watch G4 TV at all, did you? No. I guess that was probably no. like my thing. That was my generation nope. thing. You're a different generation than me. Sure am. Um, that is everything I want to talk about today. Overall, very pleased with this episode. Seems like everything's going me in too. the right direction. I'm, I'm loving it. I love this show. Yeah, it seems like everything is going in a way that I want to see more of. It's do- making the right decisions. Yeah, there's missing things, but... But there's you know, new things and is, added things, and, and it's just, it could be, sure, it could be better. A lot of things could be better. It could be a lot worse, too, and a lot of things are a lot worse. 
So it's like my life. How about that? It's like a lot of our lives, <laughs> which like is a very lives. unfortunate truth. Yeah, mo- everyone, we get, we feel you, which is a great but, reason why you should come to our Patreon. And for three dollars yes. a month, you can come be part of the friend zone, be in our inner friend circle? Question mark. Come on in, and you're in our friend circle. Get the, you are, and you'll get those exclusive bonus podcasts released on the weekends, plus our whole and back like, catalog, as we said before. Please you come get on a down. real deep in look into our just miserable lives. It depends on how you look at it. It's perspective. I mean, it's a lot of talk about chicken nuggets. So mm, yum yum yum. Take that. Take that information with what you will. <laughs> that is another wheel of time review wrapped. I hope you all enjoyed that one. Uh, if you made it to the end, thank you. As always, we appreciate the heck out of you. If you've got any corrections for the mistakes we've made that you'd like to make us aware of, uh, we will address them on the next one. So let us know at, you can email us at chapter by chapter podcast at gmail.com, Twitter at chap by chap, and our Instagram, it of course, is chapter by chapter podcast. We will see you again next week for our review of episode three of The Wheel of Time!